Hey, this is Homer Hargrove. I'm the pastor of Grape Top Church, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for connecting with our family today, and I hope this message inspires you and that it makes a difference in your life. Enjoy the message. Um, we're talking about Easter in 2020, and this is an Easter that is monumental in our history, monumental in um, our entire world. I mean, even tonight, like s- those of us living in uh, in Texas, I mean, having a huge hailstorm the night uh, the night before Easter, it's where like hail, um, you know, that big. It's it's like almost like an ooga booga moment, mm-hmm. and with Easter being a representation of the resurrection of Christ, um, what I really the what I really like focusing on is just reading the story out of Scripture. And I want to just, uh, as a as a preface, I want to just read uh, the first couple of verses of Luke in chapter 24. It says, But very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance, so they went in. But they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. As they stood there, puzzled, Two men suddenly appeared to them, clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified and bowed their, with their faces to the ground. Then the men asked, why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? Mm-hmm. And that last part really just strikes me. The way that scripture says, why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? And before we really get into our, our, our message today... I want to just kind of focus right around here because I feel like as Christians, we get into these moments where Jesus is dead in our hearts. Jesus is dead in our lives. And we have not entered into this resurrected lifestyle of Christ. And we are just still on the cross crucified as these miserable Christians that have not experienced true life in him. Mm -hmm. And, I really feel like during this time, um, during this time of solitude that we're all in, we should really be trying to find the trueness of God, the trueness of Christ in our lives, because living on the cross is no way to live as a Christian. Living inside the tomb, staying there is no way to live as a Christian. We need to stop acting like dead people and, and really find our life in Christ. We, we can't just um, be these miserable, forsaken Christians. We, there is life to be found. And uh, when, when we go out and about, there should be a difference in our hearts, a difference in our minds. And if there's not, there's something that we have lost. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just felt that on my heart. I wanted to share before we got in. Anything you have to say about all that, Lauren? Um, I mean, it just, it makes me think of like the fact that where we're, what we're talking about today is, you know, the resurrection Easter, you know, yesterday we talked about what he did on the cross for us and it was finished there. But, um, as you're saying that, it makes me realize like after Jesus went through the hardest and darkest time of his life on the cross, dying for us, what, you know, he was called to do for us, which was, um, incredibly more than we can understand difficult, right? Yeah. Right after that, yes, God raised him from the dead, which was a miracle. And after that, he continued to do even greater works. He went around and he was, you know, on earth 
for a while before he ascended to heaven and revealed himself to more people, you know, did greater works and, and, and was still here to do great things. And so what it made me think of is in like those seasons are our life that seem completely dark and completely like there's just never going to be hope again. And, um, the worst time of our life that afterwards, even for us, like as we believe in what Jesus did on the cross, but also, him resurrecting yeah. like our life could also reflect mm-hmm. that you know there's hope on the other end of that and so um that's what it made me think of yeah that's powerful <laughs> thanks for saying all that lauren yeah. um and uh if y'all know it's lauren's a way better talker than i am uh and uh she's better at a lot of things okay. um why did you go there um get it, let's get into our message today um so our, our whole idea is that he is alive. Jesus is alive. And with that thought, I want us to really jump into the book of John. And the book of John is a lot of people's favorite books of the Gospels. And I want us to just read, uh, uh, read and go through um, some, some really key notes about, about the, the resurrection of Christ. And so starting off in verse 1 of John chapter 20, it says, Early on Sunday morning, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. She ran and found Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved. She said, They have taken the Lord's body out of the tomb, and we don't know where they put him. Peter and the other disciple started out for the tomb, And they were both running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He stooped and looked in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he didn't go in. Then Simon Peter arrived and went inside. He also noticed the linen wrappings lying there, while the cloth that had covered Jesus' head was folded up and lying apart from the other wrappings. Then Then the disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed. For until then, they still hadn't understood the scriptures that said Jesus must rise from the dead. Then they went home. Before going on uh, further in in the verses, I want us to just look at a couple things here. The first spot is the fact that the stone was rolled away. The stone was rolled away. And I feel like this is so symbolic of of our hearts. We, We are referenced in the Bible a lot when we have hard hearts of stone. And God constantly tells us to soften our hearts, soften your heart, soften your heart. And there's so many different um, allegories and representations where God uses our hearts as, as a doorway. He says, I'm knocking on the door to your hearts and things like that. And what I feel is that there's often so many of us as Christians that have Jesus inside the tombs of our hearts, mm. but we have not rolled away the stone to, to show him to the world. That we keep him locked up inside this tomb, and you, kn- you know that he's still in the tomb when you feel that, that miserableness of death inside of your life. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say that clinical depression is a, is a condemning expression of you not being a good Christian. That is, that is a huge twist of what I'm trying to say. What I'm getting at is that 
We keep Jesus in the tomb of our hearts when we don't show up like Mary did to honor him in whatever way, shape, or form. When we don't choose to honor him in our lives publicly like Mary was, I mean, it says that she went and prepared spices to honor the burial of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And there's so many times where we have these opportunities of honoring Jesus in our lives, but instead we just we let the tomb just be the tomb and we don't prepare anything to honor him. We don't, we don't do anything to, to, to bring glory to his name. And there's those moments where we have the opportunity and it's almost like there, those nudges and those, those motions in your hearts where you're like, oh, I feel like I should do something or say something. Those are the spices in the spirit that are just aromas saying like, do something. This is a time to honor me, to bring the spices, to let me out of the tomb and show this this moment who i am to you to bring honor to my name and there's so many times where we feel the moment we smell the moment right in front of us but we choose to leave that stone rolled in front of our hearts Mm -hmm. y'all dig what i'm saying what do you think about that lauren yeah um it reminds me of um a verse in uh, one of the gospels i believe where it's talking about um jesus is saying we're the light of the world we've heard that song you know like oh we're supposed to be the light but it even says like you don't turn on a light and put it underneath a table mm. to be hidden a light is to light up the room and to be seen and you put it on top of the table to be used right and i feel like um as you're you know sharing us um having jesus in our heart but the stone is still in front yeah. of jesus blocking him from really being able to reveal himself through you you know so many times in our faith we are comfortable um, we, we have Jesus, we accepted him, he, he's our God, like we're a Christian, yeah. and it's a nice, comfortable feeling just to hold him and just kind of like, this is who I am. But, you know, we don't realize that, that there's, it's not just, just, you know, about our own faith, but that God wants to do great things through us, you know? Yeah. And then another thought that, um, you know, I was thinking of while you were sharing all of this is, so in that aspect, like we're afraid to show that to the world and reveal what Jesus has done in our life. Mm-hmm. But then also like um, so many times we allow that stone to stay there as a like a defense mechanism. Yeah. You know, we're afraid to, to let Jesus not only out and like um, show him to the world, but fully um, allow him in our lives, in our yeah. heart, you know, and we put those stones and those walls up. Um, towards Jesus as a defense mechanism, maybe because we've been hurt, disappointed, you yeah. know, and we can't trust him or others. And um, yeah. Yeah. And, and I really like the, the connection that you're making with how so often we, we just are in this hidden state as Christians. So there's a lot of us that we're like Christian ninjas to where people at work, when they find out they're, that we're Christians, are totally shocked. Like, what, you, you go to church? Oh my God. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like we're, we're these secret Christians that, that nobody really knew about because we are still leaving Jesus locked in that tomb of our hearts. Um, the, the next spot I want us to go to is the fact that he was not in the tomb. The fact that he wasn't in the tomb. And we, we can't find God through other people's experiences. What I'm getting at is um, in other Gospels, we see that Mary Magdalene at the tomb sees Jesus. And, we're, and we're, we'll even look at this verse in a minute. And when she goes and tells the other disciples, they look in the very same spot that she, that she met Jesus and they don't find him there. Mm. And, and what, it, what it really signifies is that the same unique experience that somebody has where they find Jesus, the living, 
live God moment in their lives, it's not going to be the same kind of experience for somebody else. Lauren's experience of meeting God is not the experience that I'm going to be able to have. Everyone's moment with God is so personal and so unique. And if you've ever heard somebody say like, "I, I found God, I remember when I first gave my life to Christ and I told that to people, I was like, I found God. It was like a, the secret that was hidden and all of a sudden I found it. And people, uh, as I tried to lead people through my same path, it wouldn't work. It's like I tried to show them the, the things that I, sh- that I saw and they would just think I was crazy sometimes. They're like, well, that, that doesn't mean that. It, that was just a coincidence. And it just, every person has a unique finding of God that that can't always be repeated and are a lot of our experiences similar yeah but if you even look at the three people in this story there's there's Mary John and Peter and each of them have a different moment of finding Christ first Mary at the tomb when she first got there the stone was rolled away and, and she had and she sees Jesus as a gardener um, and then we see Peter and John both run they both get there. At, uh, they both get there. John gets there a little bit ahead of Peter. When John looks in, he doesn't go inside the tomb. But when Peter get, gets there, he goes all the way inside the tomb. John only saw the linen wrappings, but Peter, he saw uh, Jesus's head covering folded and put away. Every little detail was different for each person. And think about even like the emotions that they're going through. When Mary first gets to the tomb it, and she sees the tomb rolled, the, the stone rolled away, there's fear, there's panic, there's, there's all these emotions. And when she actually fi- finally sees Jesus, there's so much excitement that she like falls on her knees mm-hmm. and, and so excited to see Jesus. And, when, and now you jump to Peter and John and they're literally running and and i mean when you're friends with people like you you can usually run at the same pace like you'll wait for your homie but it says that john was so excited that he ran ahead of peter like you you'll catch up man and he was so excited to see jesus and, and see his moment with god that he outran his friend he wasn't willing to wait for him and then when peter gets there i mean think about this tomb it's like it's a tomb a graveyard in that culture it was unclean for the Jews to even be in the same room as a dead body. That's why John stayed outside the tomb. But Peter, at this point, he doesn't even care. He throws off all appropriateness and all like uh, like public, you know, public view. I don't care. I need to see this for myself. And he goes inside the tomb to see to see if Jesus is in there or not. And he gets even closer look, a different, more personal experience than John did. And we, when we're looking for God, we cannot compare our story to somebody else's. Peter can't compare himself to John. John can't compare himself to Mary. And if we do that, we're going to miss out on the special details God set aside for us to find. Mm-hmm. And we, we also can't expect God to move in the same way in our lives as he did for somebody else. Have you ever heard somebody talk about like an answered prayer, like uh, praying for, you know, whatever they needed, whether it was uh, praying for their finances and all of a sudden they're like, oh, I got a check in the mail. And all of a sudden you're like, well, I need a, I need a check in the mail. And mm. you start praying and you never get that. Instead, you get a new job opportunity. And it's like completely different than somebody else's experience. You pray for, uh, uh, you pray for X, Y, Z and uh, someone else prayed for ABC. And just it just gets 
everyone gets these different results. It's not universal. Even when you look through the different miracles, when Jesus was healing the same thing, with times that he healed a blind person, it's almost like every time the healing came about a different way. One person, Jesus just uh, just laid his hands on them and they were mm-hmm. they could see. Another person, he spit in the mud, rubbed it on their eyes and told them to go wash in the water of Siloam. And it's like every miracle is different to each person. And it just shows us in that when Jesus isn't in the tomb, it sometimes when we're expecting him to show up in the way that we want, we have these pre-assumptions um, we have these uh, pre-assumptions of how he's going to move for us because we're expecting somebody else's experiences. Mm. And we need to know that, the, uh, that God is always new and always the same at the same time. And when he reveals himself to us, he, he, you is, uh, he's always moving and he's new every day at the same time that he's never changed. And I would go as far to say that yesterday's anointing is not enough for today. Mm-hmm. That, that what we've done in the past, the ways that we've met God in the past, it doesn't mean that we need to repeat those in order to find God today. Mm-hmm. We, we actually have to develop and grow and mature as Christians and find God in, the, in creative ways and new ways because yesterday isn't enough to carry for today. Today, um, what do you think about everything I'm saying, Lauren? Yeah, I definitely agree um, with that concept of you know what you're sharing, and I feel like um, so many times too, and I feel like I've been in that position where um, I've looked at how other people's prayers have been answered, desires of their hearts have been fulfilled, like yeah. all those things, and I look at my life and say, well, that hasn't happened for me in that way and I expect like that's how it's supposed to look and I feel like it's easy when we um, look at it like that to equate that to our worth and um, the love that God has for us if that makes sense and I feel like sometimes um, if we're not careful we can look and be like okay well God did that for her or for him well they must be in better or right standing with God or God must favor them more than me or God must you know love them more than me or what am I doing wrong and to and we begin to look at ourselves and um, then we fall into the trap of trying to earn God's love and earn God's blessing yeah. and the Bible even says that he he um, shows favor on the wicked and the good alike yeah. that at, like I mean if you think about that that's crazy because God, he loves his creation, whether we're, you know, wicked or whether we're following him every day with our heart 100%. You know, he genuinely loves his kids. And, and um, you know, when it comes to the way that God does it, it reminds me of that verse that says his ways are higher than ours. His thoughts are higher than ours. You know, so, um, you know, we have to be careful. And I feel like I've definitely like have experienced this and learned this several times that I cannot like expect God to move a certain way for me um, and and then allow myself to be disappointed when I don't see it that way, yeah. you know, but God loves to surprise us and loves because God can answer that prayer in any way he wants and in his way and his thoughts, you know, and so he's just awesome. Like he can do it. So we have to like our only, you know, um, the only thing we need to do is trust him to do it yeah. in his timing and his way. And so, um, 
I guess my main point with that is like saying like God loves us. You know, yeah. we don't have to earn it and we don't have to look at the way things are happening for us and as a reflection of God's love for us because his love was already finished, you yeah. know, just like we talked about yesterday. And um, he's shown us in a beautiful way. And so, yeah. And that I really like what you're saying too about um, how we start, we can really quickly turn into that mindset and comparing ourselves to others to where, um, we, we start, um, when, if it's not answered the same way as somebody else, uh, if it didn't happen the same way some, it did for somebody else, then we start thinking that, well, God must be mad at me or God doesn't love me. And that's why he's not answering it like they did. Mm-hmm. Um, and so going into our, our next part is, is, a, um, this moment where it says that his, grave cloths were folded. He folded the grave cloths. And it's in verse 7. And what what it shows is that this imagery where there, all of his body wrappings are uh, are right here on the floor. And then it has says that his face covering is folded up and put off to the side. I mean, there is so much intention and purpose in the details of Christ. And the Bible says that God pays uh that he knows every hair on top of our head that he pays that much incredible detail to our lives and that's uh, when you think about well why does god know every hair on top of my head that's a very insignificant and unnecessary detail i mean unless you're like balding or something <laughs> like every hair counts but the the truth is it, it's such a small, insignificant detail, but it shows that that is how much God cares about his people, that he cares about even the needless details of our lives and, and that he's interested in it. And so when we look at this moment where his face covering is folded and put off to the side, it, it's just one of those detailed moments. And in that custom and even still practice like in our culture today, when you're done with a meal, when you're finished with something, to signify the waiter to let you know that you're done. And that culture of Jewish culture was to fold your napkin and put it off to the side. Mm-hmm. And that meant that you were done. Mm-hmm. And in this moment, it's a so powerful little detail that Jesus is saying, I'm done. I, mm-hmm. It's finished. Here's the receipt and everything. And when it comes to this grave cloth, it shows that his body wasn't just stolen in a hurry. It's a moment where Jesus left this little glimpse, the little confirmation to say, "Yes, I have risen." I this I'm, I and I didn't even I wasn't in a hurry to get out of here because I know what my mission is. I knew that I was going to resurrect. I knew that this was all happening, and it's a moment where He's left us a sign of, um, a sign and a confirmation. And I want to reflect it back to you in your life. And I want you to, to look at the moments where God has left those grave cloths folded for you. Those coincidences where you just knew that they weren't coincidences. Mm-hmm. And it was a grave cloth moment to where God was confirming something, something to you. That he was, he was showing you, saying, yes, do it. Yes, this is me talking to you. Yes, I'm trying to speak to you. I left this for you to find. And so often we find these grave cloths and... Then we ask God, can you show us again? Mm. <laughs> can you fold another grave cloth for me to find? Yeah. And we ask for so many more confirmations when he's already, he made it just this little detail for you to find. And it, you have to just really take a step of faith and know, God, I asked for this. You showed me this. I'm going to believe it. 
Yeah. And, and if you really get so many more confirmations, you're going to end up just being like Thomas, where it got to the point where the disciple Thomas said, I won't believe until I see the nails in his, in his hands and the nails in his feet yeah. that then I'll believe. And I mean, guys, we're like that. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we will not do something until God shows us the resurrection power of showing us his hands and his feet. We won't believe the miracle until he's convinced us 100%. And Jesus shows up anyway to Thomas and says, feel the holes in my hands. Feel the, the wounds and the scars. Feel it and believe. And he said, better though is it to believe without needing to see every little detail. Better to believe if you would have just believed when, I, when the grave cloth was folded. And so what I'm, uh, the, what I'm reiterating over and over is... Let those grave cloth moments, those seemingly details, those little noticeable coincidences that, that really nudge at your heart over and over. And it's like, man, why, why did that happen? Why, why was that like that? And let those be those moments where God, God has just left you a little, a little breadcrumb to say, you're on, this is the trail I left for you. Mm-hmm. Y'all dig what I'm saying? What, what do you think about that, Lauren? Yeah, um, I think I, I know for me, like for a while in my faith, like I was... Um, really seeking like sign after sign after sign, like just crazy weird stuff, like like ridiculous. Like God, if this is you know you, then show me this in the sky, like all weird, right? <laughs> but I feel like it's so easy as Christians to do stuff like that. But then I really felt God begin to talk to me and show me yeah. like you are trusting in these signs more than you're trusting in me. That's good. You know, and and you and if you don't see a sign, then you don't trust me. If you, you know, but what is faith? Of course, like we know, like our faith is believing without seeing, but we have to allow, even if we get no sign, even, you know, if what we're asking for doesn't happen, like at the end of the day, like we can trust God, you know, and he reminded me a couple of things, like instead of looking for all these signs, like you will find the hope and the confidence you need in my word. You know, in in the Bible, when we are going through like uncertain times and we're looking for all these crazy signs, like at the end of the day, like his word is what's supposed to give us that security in our heart. And his word reveals who he is, his character, the reasons that we can trust him, you know, as our God, as our Lord, as our Savior. And he reminded me of that. And then, um, you know, through that time, one of, you know, you might have seen this verse on the coffee cup or whatever or calendar for 2020. Um, but it says um, in Proverbs 3, 5 we buy through, calendars. Yeah, yeah, we don't. But, you know, I don't know. Um, but Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, where um, it says, you know, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. You know, so I love that verse. For, I mean, without me having to even say it again, like it, you just have to trust in him yeah. and acknowledge him in, in your life. And he's the one who will direct your paths. And the Bible even says he directs the steps of the godly. So why try to understand everything along the way? Yeah. We are not going to understand everything along the way. But at the end of the day, he leads us. Yeah. You know, he and that might be going off on a tangent. But I guess my point is, is that he is in every single detail. Yeah. And whether it's the way we want to see it or not, like at the end of our life, like he was in control and we will be able to see that. So, um, now is the time to rest instead of, you know, being frantic every day of our lives, trying to figure things out. Yeah. Yeah. And and it, it leaves such a powerful perspective of thinking on judgment day, would you rather 
present yourself to God and saying, God, I refuse to believe anything because I was so smart or say, God, I might have even been foolish because I was so willing to believe in faith. Mm-hmm. You know, faith is what is so pleasing to God. And it's often our own pride that leads us down this, this path of making sure, making sure, making sure. And don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm, I am a strong believer in wisdom and, yeah. and not making stupid decisions. Mm-hmm. But sometimes the most powerful faith-filled decisions seem stupid to others. Yeah. And I really believe that there are so many grave cloth moments that you've gone through that so many of us have experienced to where we know deep down in our heart it's a grave cloth moment. But instead, we, we wait to see the hands and feet of Jesus before we even make a move. And I, I think that Lauren might not even have married me if she waited. <laughs> How could I resist? Yeah. How could you resist? <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Um, and so with all that, um, I want us to close out with these, these final verses. Going back to the scripture, continuing on in verse 11. It says, Mary was standing outside the tomb crying. And as she wept, she stooped and looked in. She saw two white-robed angels, one sitting at the head and the other at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been lying. Dear woman, why are you crying? The angels asked her. Because they have taken away my Lord. She replied, and I don't know where they have put him. She turned to leave and saw someone standing there. It was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. Dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked her. Who are you looking for? She thought he was the gardener. Sir, she said, if you have taken him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will go and get him. Mary, Jesus said. She turned to him and cried out, Rabboni, which means Hebrew, which is Hebrew for teacher. Don't cling to me, Jesus said, for I haven't ascended to the Father, but... Go find my brothers and tell them I'm ascending to the Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene found the disciples and told them, I have seen the Lord. And then she gave them his message. So these verses are so powerful. And there's a lot, a, a lot to take in from these verses. But the main point I want us to focus on is that she didn't recognize him. She did not recognize Jesus. And so often we don't recognize God moving in our lives. Mm-hmm. We don't recognize God when he actually shows up because we have so many preconceived notions. We have so many preconceived pre-assumptions. We have so many um, perspectives that we have brought up in, that we have uh, that we have created in our lives that that have been put on us of how we expect God to show up of how we expect God to move to where some we don't expect God to show up as an or in an ordinary way like a gardener we don't show expect it for God to show up in in a a way that seems like he gets his hands dirty like this Mm -hmm. I mean we have so many pre-assumptions of what we think God is like, of the way that we think God would respond. I think, um, I feel like Instagram is a perfect uh, way or any social media is a perfect way of how we believe, uh, so often we believe we know how God would react. 
I don't know how many times I've seen people um, so quick to bash their fellow Christians, to bash pastors, to bash anything going on in the world. And they say, God would condemn this. God, uh, God doesn't want this. This isn't how God would say it. God, God, blah, blah, blah. And they have all of these expectations of what they think God would do or would say or would behave or would react. And the truth is, sometimes God shows up as a gardener. Yeah. And it's not at all what we expected. Mm. Some, in, in, we expect wrath, and instead G- Jesus shows up to die on the cross. That wasn't expected. I mean, the people were expecting a kingdom to flood the earth mm-hmm. like the great f- flood that destroyed the world before. Mm. They, they were expecting completely different than what God actually showed up as. And in our own lives, God is showing up so often and and he's moving in such powerful ways, but because sometimes it even seems ordinary, and sometimes it's in, in those things that we take it for granted or look over as just coincidences or whatever, we neglect what is right in front of us, right under our noses. And I would, I would suggest that I would rather praise God for not doing anything than to reserve my praise for uh, and believing that God wasn't doing something. Does that make sense? I would rather just freely praise God even if he didn't move rather than hold back my praise because I don't believe he's moving. Mm-hmm. And I want us to really transition our hearts to see God in the, in the very uh, unexpected and capable uh, creator that he is. And what I want to lead this to is the fact that out of all the disciples, out of uh, in this culture, women were considered property. And the first person that Jesus reveals himself to mm. is Mary Magdalene, a person that w- was just a little bit before this, was being considered to be killed and stoned because of adultery. Uh, a woman that, that the Bible says had seven demons or, you know, the... This a woman that nobody else took seriously. Nobody else would consider uh, God to speak a powerful message through. Mm. And he gives her the mission of telling the other disciples that he's risen from the dead. That's good. He gave the most least thought of person, the most uh, unqualified person, the most uneducated person, the, the one that no one else would believe to where the disciples, Peter and John had to run and see it themselves because they weren't willing to believe Mary. Mm. And Jesus gave her the authority of his message. Mm. And it, it goes counterintuitive to just in our culture today of, of uh, say a woman on the street, a homeless lady that would you just so quickly believe a message from God from her? Right. Uh, to where in this culture, a woman's testimony wasn't even able to be used in court. I mean, that's how, that's how big of a move God was making to where at his birth, he revealed himself to shepherds, mm-hmm. which were the, the, that work occupation was the least of the least. They were the night shift shepherds. And instead of revealing himself to kings, he revealed himself to the, the lowest of the servants. 
And the moment of his resurrection, he revealed himself to a person that no one else would even believe uh, um, and gave them the mission and the mandate to share the resurrecting message of Christ to the disciples. Mm -hmm. They received the resurrection message by the authority given to a woman, Mary Magdalene. Mm -hmm. And it speaks so much volume to what God considers uh, as uh, what God considers his ways. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And instead of creating this perfect system for the resurrection and be laid out and it just be so strategic, it's almost like he made it in a, an impossible way so that we would just know that this is God. Yeah. And to further expound on the, the resurrection, the resurrection, Easter Sunday, is the whole foundation to our faith. If Jesus did not raise from the dead, it would mean that he was not the son of God. It would mean that the payment for our sins would have no receipt. And everything that he said would have been a lie. It would, he would have either been a liar or a lunatic, but he wouldn't have been Lord if he didn't raise from the dead. Mm. And the fact that he rose from the dead, it proves all of our faith to be true. And in First uh, Corinthians, Paul says that all of our faith would be meaningless without the resurrection of Christ. And so now understanding that about Easter Sunday and seeing that, wondering if the resurrection was true. If anyone were to ask you, why are you a Christian? Your answer, your answer could be as simple as, because I believe that Jesus rose from the dead. That alone is an unchangeable thing that's not determined by our circumstances, our situations, our education. It doesn't, it, nothing else can change that in the entire world, the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. And for someone that were to argue against you, well, you know, they just, that, those were just stories and it was all made up. They, it was, they stole his body, whatever. Why would the disciples turn from cowards? They went from running away from Jesus, naked even, to get away because they were so terrified of losing their lives for something that they weren't 100% uh, sure that was true, to after the resurrection, after they saw Jesus die, and when they saw him rose from the dead as a resurrected king, they were, every single one of the disciples besides John was martyred and killed for their faith. They were put on trial and told, if you don't deny this resurrection, you will die. And they took it to their grave because they so believed the resurrection after they saw the resurrection. And if this was all just made up, if it was all just a lie, why would the first person to be given the message of the resurrection, the foundation of our faith, to a woman when at the time a woman's testimony wasn't even able to be used in court? Why would they do that unless it was just the truth? Mm. If they're making up a lie, they would have had they would have been the first to see Jesus. Mm. They would have if not them, they would have made it up to where another official, an important person, someone whose testimony would have been a lot more validated than this crazy lunatic woman who just had a bunch of demons cast out of her, mm. who just the other day was going to be put to death. Why would it why would they trust her? But it's because it's just simply the truth. And there's so much more to expound on about the proof of the resurrection. But what my heart is, is that we would recognize him in the moment right now. 
everything going on in our country and the world, Mm. if we were to miss this moment of being able to recognize God in front of us, I mean, we would be so lost. I'm not saying that God has sent this, this pandemic to the world, that he's... Uh, that he planned this from ages ago to bring him glory. I'm not saying any of that. What I am saying is that there's a moment here of grave cloths that are to be found in our lives, in our world, that God wants to speak to us and he wants to bring us to a deeper place. I really believe that in this time of forced solitude, that God wants to bring the church back to an authentic relationship with him. And that he is tired of microwave Christianity, of just BS, of just going to church and checking off a box. But that mm-hmm. now we're being forced to intentionally seek God in our homes. Yeah. The one place where God wants to be at in our homes, in our families, in our hearts. And now we're having to force God into our homes instead of keep, keeping him at church. Yeah. It is a moment that we need to recognize him moving mm. and and purifying the church and as a as a beautiful bride that he that he planned to be long ago mm. and it's happening right now in front of us but we need to recognize it all that being said i know i just went on a long tangent but lauren i know that you have something to share before we wrap this all up um i mean that was a lot of good um that was just a really cool perspective again to um, just really look at things differently. And um, I feel like just like going off of like where we're at right now in our present time is that now the show of church and the mm. show of Christianity has been stopped in a sense. Not yeah. because God's like, let me stop. Just like you said, it's not God saying like, like just stir stuff up. But we can't, it's no longer about um, like, hey, let's put on the coolest show to show everyone God is so cool. But now we, just like you said, are given the opportunity to say like, are we really wanting God? Like, are we really genuinely going to seek him? Because now in our ordinary days, you know, we're stuck at home, most of us. And, um, you know, it's easy to go to church and have be served the presence of God. When we go to church, we are served the word. We are served the awesome praise and worship concert. You know, everyone loves that. But now without that, you know, it it forces us in a sense to really evaluate our relationship with him. Are we looking for those signs? Like, are we, are we just stuck looking for a show from God? And it reminded me earlier of um, like in in the Bible where it's talking about the Pharisees when Jesus was on earth doing all these miracles. Yeah. Who did he choose to be his disciples? Yeah. He instead of choosing the group of Pharisees and Sadducees, all these religious leaders who knew all of the word, who spent their whole life studying it and trying to be this amazing leader for God. He didn't go to them and say, oh, y'all have all your shots like y'all are qualified. <laughs> yeah. You know the word. Come on, like y'all are the perfect people. For, to follow, we know he went to those ordinary people yeah. like Mary, but all those tax collectors, sinners, he went to them because at the end of the day, he knew their heart. Yeah. He, the other, the Pharisees and all them, they wanted to put on a show. They wanted Jesus to walk right up to him and say, you are the one I want because yeah. they wanted to be admired. They wanted to be seen. But these other people who knew they were sinners and knew they needed mercy weren't even looking for yeah. Jesus. But Jesus went and found them and said, you are the one that I want yeah. to follow me. You are the one that I want to reveal myself through. 
you yeah. know, and, 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 um, you know, the world didn't expect Jesus to come that way. Yeah. He was on earth and the Pharisees were literally going up to him saying, oh, okay, well, if you are really Jesus, despite what he's already shown, yeah. despite that he's forgiving sins and healing the sick and, and being Jesus, they said, show me a, mir- a miraculous sign. He said, no, I will not show you yeah. a miraculous sign. And he said no to them, not because he couldn't do it, but because he was right in front of them and they didn't recognize him. Yeah. They did not recognize that the Son of God, the King of Kings, you know, the Lord of Lords was standing right in front of him, but he looked ordinary. The Bible says that he he looked like an ordinary man. And they thought he was going to come down with all this gold chain hanging, you know, (laughs) like all these diamonds flashing, like, I'm the King of Kings, what's up, you know? But but Jesus don't need all that flash, you know? He came and he he did what he was called to do. And they didn't recognize that because he thought he was going to be all decked out you know Um, because that's what we see kings as you know so I guess my point is is you know it's been done then and it's happening now and so it's it's causing us to really look at our faith are we wanting to uh, experience the show of Christianity or do we genuinely genuinely desire the real God of the universe who died for us and who died for you and want that relationship you know and so, yes. You know, my, my heart is really moved by what Lauren's saying. And I feel like even right now in my spirit that there's somebody listening to this right now and the thought in your heart and your mind is, yeah, but God doesn't want me. Mm-hmm. God doesn't want to, he doesn't want that with me. Mm-hmm. I, I get what y'all are saying, but he doesn't want that with me. And there's something within you that has believed this false narrative that you are the one exception of God's love. Mm-hmm. And when we talk about, when you re, when you, whenever you hear about church um, and church or messages, whatever, about the sinners uh, and tax collectors that Jesus hung out with, you know, uh, it, it's really, we almost forget that it says tax collectors, sinners, and prostitutes. And I feel like we kind of just like, ignore the idea of prostitutes and we just think well tax collectors that doesn't even sound that bad that just sounds like the irs Mm. like we're just getting audited like that's just that i get that like (laughs) taxes are bad that's from hell that's what it is and and the reason that even tax collectors were looked at in such a negative respect in this culture is because they were chosen Jews by the Roman government to impose taxes on their own people. Mm. They were looked at as traitors to their own people because they were, they were allowing themselves to be, they pretty much allowed themselves to be bought by the Roman government to work against their own people, mm. to tax and, yeah. and take fees from their own people. That, uh, and that's why Peter says, do we pay taxes? Be- we only pay taxes because we're a conquered people. And all the tax collectors were the people were like, well, if you can't beat them, join them. Mm. And on top of being paid off by the Romans, they would even impose more taxes for them to put in their own pocket. That's why they were looked at as despicable. But beyond all that, I mean, just think about this, that the idea that says that Jesus hung around prostitutes, that that was his, his calling, his ministry. Mm. I mean, I don't know if you know any personal prostitutes or whatever, but, you know, the the idea that we get from that, I feel like it's a deeper perspective of what God considers clean mm-hmm. and unclean, what he considers um, a, a person that is worth it. And 
when we even in that culture is the same today. There's so many people in sex industry that were forced into that industry that there's there's a constantly constant degrading of oneself and a feeling of no other options. Yeah. Is that not similar to how a lot of us feel a degraded individual that feels like they don't have a lot of options? Mm. And just because you whether you whether or not you've been forced into a position like that to know that God sees past all of that and he sees a heart. Yeah. And I love how Lauren described like how Jesus didn't come down with gold chains and diamond mm-hmm. rings and all that. Honestly. Because to a God that created everything, is gold something special? Is are diamonds something special? Or is it just ordinary? Mm-hmm. If you could have all the gold in all of the world, would it would it matter to have more or less? Y'all y'all get what I'm saying? Yeah. If you have if you have everything that isn't valuable, but what is valuable is the soul of the person yeah. to him. Mm. That when he come, came down to earth, he did not seek that which, uh, w- which he already had possession of, but he sought, he, it says that he looked for those who were lost. Yeah. Those that, were, that he were, were lost and distant from his heart, that is what he desired as precious and valuable are those that were not near to him, that he wanted to be near to him. And again, just reiterating, God is speaking to you right now, especially if you're that person that's feeling like that. That's a lie. That is a false narrative. Mm -hmm. God wants you. God wants you. God wants you. And you need to know with all of your being that God is really trying to speak to you right now. And this is a moment to recognize His love and His truth. Don't let another moment go by without you having this conversation with Jesus and just having a moment to believe and accept that He loves you, that God created you, and that He desires to spend all of eternity with you. When I met Lauren, the reason I married her is because I liked her and I wanted to spend the rest of my life with her. And in the same way, it's a representation of heaven and when the reason Jesus came down to earth to get to make a way for us is because he wants to spend forever with you mm-hmm. because he treasures you because he cares about you and if you're listening to this and you know right now this is a moment that you're recognize Jesus that you're recognizing God speaking to you and you are ready to answer that call you're ready to enter in this relationship with somebody that loves you more than anybody else. I want you to just have a conversation with him. If you need somebody to lead you through a prayer, message us and we will walk you through it. We'll be there with you one-on-one and we'll help walk you through it. But I really want to urge you to have this conversation with God yourself. Let it be authentic let it be just straight from your heart. And I believe that that will be a prayer you'll remember forever. Mm-hmm. It'll be better. It'll, I guarantee that it'll probably be better than a prayer that we could lead you through. Because like I said at the beginning, everyone has a personal, unique experience with God. And we cannot transfer our experience to yours. We can share it. It can inspire you and all that. But the, at the end of the day, you have your own unique a moment that nobody else will understand but you. Mm. And God wants to have that with you today. Yeah. And so with that being said, 
I'm going to pray and we're going to close out. God, I, I thank you for what you've done and what you've spoken to your people. And I ask that you finish what you started. Show your people your resurrection power. Cause us to recognize you right in front of us. Let us see the folded grave cloths that you've left for us to find. Let us just believe in faith and stop doubting and stop waiting. And God, um, help us to just really look for those moments today. Let us not hold on to the moments of yesterday, but let us look for today's moments. We just surrender to you right now. We ask that you make us sensitive to your spirit and that you just bring us closer to you and help us to, to roll away the stone so that we can glorify you and honor you in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, I want to thank you guys again for being a part. And we, we really love doing these online uh, messages together. Um, and if you want to get more connected to Gravetop, uh, we really want you to get connected personally. We, we like talking to you as a person mm. we we don't want you to uh we i mean we're all cool with you just tuning in and like being a part and exchanging like through comments or even just likes that's great too but you're a person we're real people you're real people and we want to get to know each other we believe that church is all about community messages are great but community is what thrives our christian walk with christ mm -hmm. not having a walk alone and so if you want to get connected with Gravetop, please just message us, talk to us, so that we can get to know one another. Uh, Lauren, is there anything you want to say before we sign off? Um, I enjoy uh, doing this with you on Saturday nights and um, really missing everyone in person. And so yeah. when that time comes, we need to totally hang out, yeah. have church together, break bread together, all that stuff. But play Uno. Play Uno, Dose, I don't know. I'm just kidding. It's a bad joke. But um, until then, you know, just continue to uh, connect with us online, and we hope y'all stay safe, and we really do miss y'all, and I hope y'all have a really awesome Easter, whether it's low-key, high-key, whatever you're going to do, but um, we hope it's awesome. All right. Well, we love you guys. Uh, Mary Kate, Dean, saw you guys tuning in. Lucy, amen, hallelujah. Uh, Ryan, Sabian, welcome. Um, I'm glad y'all could all be a part. Melanie, Nathan. Uh, Melanie, Nathan, Deja, I thought I saw you there, but um, we love you guys. We are so grateful for all of y'all, and we hope y'all have a safe rest of your weekend and have a, uh, have a family day tomorrow. Worship God at home and make Easter an Easter to remember this year. This is an Easter that, that you're going to remember for the rest of your life. This is an Easter that is going to be written about in history books. Mm. This is a very monumental Easter. And it's, there's, there might never be another one like it in our lifetime. And so make it count. Do, do something tomorrow that is going to go along with something that you'd want to remember for the rest of your life. That's good. That was deep, right? That was deep. That was pretty yeah. good. All right, we'll see y'all later. Bye. Right, <laughs> I hope you enjoyed the message today. If you did, there's a couple things that you could do to connect. First is to subscribe to our show so that the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. And second is if this ministry has impacted you and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, you can click the link in the description or visit our website, gravetop.com, and you can give now. I'll see you next time on the Gravetop Church Podcast.